0: Hi, I'm Margarita Carroll, coming at you from Harlem, NYC, as JDC offices around the world, including our New York headquarters, scale back in person, anything. This too affects JDC clients around the world, relying on at-home visits, as well as daily touch points at community centers They make up so much of their social lives, relationships that have largely been put on hold in the physical spaces, while often taking a robust life in virtual spaces. In this third episode of Not Your Babushka's Russian-Speaking Jew, we'll hear stories about folks rallying around elderly during this time of physical disconnection. While in early episodes we considered Russian-speaking Jewish people's stories and relationships through the lens of naming intentions, now we shift to a different lens, the lens of arevut, a Hebrew word describing the value of Mutual responsibility that drives people to help those in need and where that drive comes from in people. I work on Russian-speaking Jewish projects at Entwine. We are working to support a generation of young Jews who lead and live a life of action with global Jewish responsibility at its core. We offer transformative experiences that allow you to access global Jewish communities and stories and to serve those in need. Entwine is an initiative of JDC, the leading Jewish humanitarian organization in the world. We partner with and are supported by Genesis Philanthropy Group to produce experiences specifically for Russian-speaking Jews, like a trip to Odessa and Kharkiv in Ukraine that I took with a cohort of 20 other American RSJs last fall. And we're dedicating this episode to Ilya Salida, Genesis Philanthropy Group's late president and CEO whose recent sudden passing left the RSJ community and our allies in grief. His role in significantly expanding the foundation's work brought an RSJ lens to entwine projects. The way he was described by a JDC colleague is that he was impressively smart, appreciably wise and deeply caring, having paved the way to major breakthroughs of RSJ philanthropy. Ilya, the torch of mutual responsibility, that Arivut that lights your work's legacy, lives on in the hearts, minds, and hands of the Russian-speaking Jewish community and our allies. And from the entire JDC-entwined family, may your memory be a blessing. When I was growing up in Chicago, specifically Skokie with my grandparents, mom, and aunt in the 80s and 90s, especially on a Sunday morning, you could usually hear a mix of Forks Clinging on plates, PBS on the TV in one room, and AM 1330 Russian radio blaring out of probably more than one radio in the apartment at a time. I can taste Serniki right now. Like the familiar voice of another family member in the home, the radio personalities, especially one in particular, Marta Litas, who we knew warmly as Martachka, were the backdrop to our lives as Russian speaking Jews in Chicago. After her retirement from radio in 2004, she and her partner Olga Pilnikov opened a senior daycare center to serve the same population that enjoyed Marta radio programs, concerts, and events over the course of their lives in America. And today she heads Forever Young with Olga's son Ernst Berlin, while her daughters, Tatiana Tsikis and Lee Lidis, are general managers of their two locations that make up the largest adult daycare center in Illinois with more than 800 clients who are Russian Jewish immigrants of the FSU as well as immigrants from Poland. And I had a chance to speak with Lee, who is also a moving storyteller with radio programs and newspaper columns catering to these same communities. I wanted to know about their motivations towards this value of mutual responsibility towards elder community members, especially in this moment.
1: You know, obviously, as immigrants, uh, this was very important to us to be able to give back. We came, we immigrated from Odessa, Mm -hmm. Ukraine, as political refugees in 1976. We were helped by Nayana and then later by highest uh, Chicago. Uh, Many years later, my mother became the vice president of highest Chicago. So coming full circle and being able to give back that way. She began her radio career in Chicago because she she was um, basically a workaholic. And one of the many jobs that she held Besides working in an art gallery, besides selling insurance, besides her translating letters for an older man for his sister in Germany, she also was asked uh, to do a radio program in Russian. It was just one hour a week on Sundays. And she took that and she catapulted it into 24 hour a day radio that became the largest Russian language radio program in the United States. And it was also national and international because she connected it later on with Radio Moscow. In addition to having radio, she also produced events. So she brought in celebrities that were basically untouchable had we been in Russia, but here we're booking high schools and, you know, Other kinds of centers for them to perform. It was everyone from Valery Leontiev to uh, Nani Brigvadze and um, Tamara Gvelsteli and uh, Gennady Kazanov. So I grew up with all of these people sitting around my table uh, Mm. having dinner. Uh, which was so exciting for me and which was really the reason that I maintained my Russian to the level that I did. I mean, I left Russia when I was five and a half years old. For me, it was so exciting to talk to them. They were so, they were luminaries, obviously. They were intelligent and funny. And that's what helped me to want to maintain my Russian despite coming when I was such a little girl. I'm still fluent. I speak, read, and write Russian. And, uh, it helped me in my current job. So when my mother closed her radio career, um, she opened up an adult daycare center. And it really, it was such a seamless transition because these were the people who were coming to all of the events that she was holding. These were the people who wanted to see the stars from back home. Uh, When I was a kid, I was a bouncer. <laughs> I would call it a bouncer, rather a ticket you know checker, and stood on the doors and made sure you know people had tickets and so forth. So I, w- I have been in and around working with Russian elderly my entire life. It's really the only thing I knew. So when my mother opened up an adult daycare center, it was you know, there was just no questions, like, yes, of course, it's, it's what we, we've been doing all along. It's what helped me to manage the center on a daily basis. We have anywhere from 100 to 120 clients. And uh, now, with COVID-19 and with the mandatory quarantine, we thought of, what can we possibly do to connect with everyone? And so my Russian again became useful, because what we've been doing is outreach. We the literally the week we closed, I opened up three radio shows um, on all the major Russian uh, radios that are working right now, and I also write three articles in all the Russian newspapers on a weekly basis, and so we connect with them virtually. And uh, my my clients call me. I record their poems. Everything is in Russian, so it's really been—it's been, it's been um, very rewarding to be able to to help them. It's been rewarding to um, see the make them see that they are not alone, despite the distance, and uh, and to be able to do you know what we have been doing all along—to to be able to um, connect, to be able to tell stories, and we tell stories all the time um when i'm working in the daycare center and i interact with our clients they're constantly telling stories and they have so many interesting stories to tell my god these people and you know unfortunately it's a dying population these are people that have gone through the war these are people that have lived through the holocaust these are people that um have uh, that escaped to other parts uh, of the former Soviet Union, and they have so many stories to tell. They are still walking around and talking and dancing as we have them do, and and performing and writing poems and being engaged is a testament to their survivor instincts. I connect with them on a, on a very spiritual level, I would say.
0: What is one piece of advice you might have for Russian-speaking Jewish young professionals who are trying to get in touch with these values that have driven you and your mother to really follow your path in a way that your work doesn't feel like work and it's, you know, informed by your passion.
1: I think people are very busy these days and I doubt very much that anyone is looking to get in touch with their values, but I think that when they are pursuing whatever it is that is their heart's yearning, to, to look around and see who else is connected with it. Um, and if they, if it feels, if it feels genuine, if it feels rooted and grounded for them, uh, then that's, then that's where they need to be. I think we, I think we have an internal, uh, light in all of us, uh, that, uh, that tells us, no, this, this, this is just not feeling right. Entwine interprets that inner light Lee described as Arivut,
0: that drive for mutual responsibility, that meaning finding in our added value to our fellow community members. Did you have a moment where you did name those values that you realized you'd like gleaned from these visitors in your home and like seeing your mother show up for people like they showed up for her? Like, was there a conscious
1: assessment? That's an interesting, that's an interesting question. I think it was, I think it was unconscious. Uh, It was something that was so natural to me that going outside of it would have been unnatural. Um, Yeah. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that resonates to me and it, you know, it um, fortifies that point you made
1: earlier about it's just that inner light in you and
0: listening to that is probably that
1: intention setting. I, yeah, you can't forget that it, I could not forget how long it took us to come over. I could not forget having to learn English for the first time. I could not forget sitting around the table with my mom and all the different luminaries that, that she had brought in. Uh, I could not forget um, coming back and doing this enormous project that I did trying to help get reparations from germany for victims of nazi persecution and i could not forget the people that uh, i you know i worked with as my mother was on the radio and as we created uh concerts and events around chicago and i certainly now work in the largest russian speaking adult day cares care center in illinois so it seems, it seems all faded and all connected. The Forever Young senior
0: daycare center where Lee serves as general manager today is situated in Chicago's northwest suburban Lincolnwood, near where many Russian-speaking Jewish elderly reside. And Lee continues to connect with Forever Young's hundreds of community members through her columns and radio shows. Moving outside of the U.S. to JDC's projects in Ukraine, we connected with Inov Dovichenko in Odessa, She's a director of PR and missions at the JDC office there. And she filled us in on all the responses to elderly needs um, and how they've shifted during the pandemic. Listen to the passion in her voice as she tracked the 21 years of service in her role in Odessa, illuminating further our path of exploration, this value that drives people to help those in need.
2: I think it's a God-blessing job because uh, it's it's not working, it's it's not even servicing, it's living the life of the, um, of, you know, thousands of people, of members of the Jewish community of not only Odessa, but entire southern Ukraine region, um, which um, we estimate have a population of over 50,000 Jews all across the area, and um, I'm, I'm so lucky to to be exposed to millions of stories of uh you know of elderly that survived uh different types of um you know experiences uh in pre-war years uh, during the war occupation evacuation and then uh very difficult um post-war years and now uh you know I, I'm proud to say that I'm working for the first JDC office that was opened on the territory of the FSU after the joined, returned to the Soviet Union, it's Odessa, and uh, I'm also happy to, to be in Odessa, to live the life of the Jewish community of Odessa, because in my opinion, um, a great tribute goes to this community for... Uh, very many achievements and developments in the whole world Jewelry la- history Because we can speak about so many famous personalities who were either born or lived and worked in Odessa Like we can speak about mayor Dizengoff, Diesel- the first mayor of Tel Aviv uh, who was from Odessa or we can speak about such famous writers as uh, Bialik, Jabatinsky, Mandele Morehis for him, and others. We can speak about so many famous violinists and, uh, you know, people of art that were from my community. I call it my community here because originally I'm not from this area. But if I, if I had a second choice where to live, uh, I would definitely choose Odessa.
0: So how is JDC partnering with local organizations to help vulnerable populations? Ina's mantra sums it up pretty well. Helping JDC clients stay safe, secure, and connected. Those are pretty much the goals.
2: This is my own saying, that I um, not invented, but when I was trying to, um, to understand how I can express in one sentence uh, the main thing that Hass and JCCs had to do during the first days of the quarantine, especially HACETs, when we're talking about vulnerable groups of population, like what was important? It was important that people uh, felt they are not alone. And, um, you know, we're talking about elderly who, who lived through hunger years, through post-war years, I mean people people think do i have enough food do i have enough medications so this is is staying secure this is staying safe and connected through hotlines and through you know all these things when we say how is jdc helping we apparently are talking about the infrastructure that jdc has been developing Has been supporting through all those years in different directions, um, uh, be it uh, a network of chesed or chesedim, which is the plural in Hebrew, which are Jewish welfare centers, or a network of JCCs or um, uh, Jewish young leadership programs that we put a lot of effort into. So that we uh, can speak about a sustaining and independent Jewish community as such. So, this um, quarantine time, I think, has actually presented a great chance for all of us to see uh, what we have created and how it can work uh, during such a difficult time. And in fact, it uh, you know it has opened. A million of opportunities for us and uh, we we are able to see how uh, how close we are irrespective of the ages interests social status of Jewish community members for example if we talk about the Jewish welfare centers in southern Ukraine we have three centers like that that serve about 7,000 Jews uh, in need who present the vulnerable groups of the population be it elderly people with special needs and uh, Jewish kids at risk, especially those with special needs. Um, in Odessa, it's the largest uh, chesed. It serves about 5,500 clients uh, in the areas like Odessa region and one more named Kropivnitsky region. And if you look at Odessa area, only this area is equal to the state to the area of the State of Israel. So their their scale of work is really huge. And so um, just imagine that uh, people who need support, uh, they've been receiving all this time, not only material assistance like uh, food and medicines and emergency assistance and repairs of domestic appliances, but also a lot of socialization programs. When I was talking to one of our GCC directors, about their work during quarantine she said you can't imagine how uh, many great professionals and people we have been able to recruit for our online lectures and sessions we wouldn't we would never imagine we would be able to connect to them so high they are in their clouds you know in their skies
0: in addition to the local projects Ina's office has partnered with Entwine to connect our global alumni community of young professionals with JDC clients, babushkas and djadushkas, but also at-risk teens and parents of children with special needs in the former Soviet Union, and expanding globally where JDC field offices are.
2: Getting back to Odessa being a unique place and Odessa Jewish community being a unique Jewish community, I'm, I'm happy that my community was the first to um, have the luxury of uh, experiencing these great virtual home visits by people from across the ocean, you know, by young people who want to do something for the community, not only for their own community where they live, but also for some babushka who lives like thousands of miles away from them. Um, And our babushkas, they they love communicating so much uh, that uh, when they learned that there is a chance for them to to speak to some young Jewish people from another country, they said yes without uh, giving it a second thought, without hesitation. And um, it's true that uh, some of the um, volunteers from the United States they have their roots from this part of the world or from central eastern europe and um it was so unique when one of our uh, ladies who uh, is a person of art whose husband was an artist um her volunteer victoria they they found people that you know they both knew here in odessa because they are both persons of art. And this connects people. When I think about these virtual home visits, I think um, it's a great, first of all, it's a great continuation of all entwined seminars and uh, groups visits to this part of the world to so form a Soviet Union and Odessa, one of them. Um, secondly, I think it's it's very empowering and uh it's very uh, rewarding not only for our senior people but also for the young jews in the united states of america because it gives them some um feeling of being needed even though we, we speak different languages not necessarily russian language because we have some volunteers who communicate in english and uh in my opinion It will be a great empowerment for them uh, to hopefully become future Jewish leaders in their own communities and for our communities stay connected as well. It's also a great uh, example uh, for our own young leaders and young people to show that well, they do care about their babushkas and our babushkas for sure Oh, it, it's a great example to see that geography doesn't matter, distance, distances don't matter, mentality doesn't matter, because it's this Jewish tradition and it's this uh, feeling of belonging to one Jewish family that it's, it's like a trigger, you know, it switches on and that's it, it connects.
0: It's so energizing to hear these stories of how individuals found a compass in this value of Arivut, this guarantorship towards others, and designing systems to uplift so many. And yet it can also feel intimidating to think about that heavy of a lift all at once when you're figuring out what path it will light ahead, this value. But again, thinking of that uh, root of the word Arivut, arev, is the guy in the community who showed up for another individual when times were tough that was one-to-one work i remember when my kid brother ellie carroll passed away morty landau at tablet magazine next book press where i was working in the art department at the time really stepped up as an Ariv and bought me a ticket to california to be with my family it wasn't even a need i could articulate to myself at that point He and the Tablet Magazine team were following some compass in them that oriented towards this loving gesture towards their intern. I felt cared for and understood, and most importantly, not alone. I believe this is a congruent feeling that JDC clients feel who participate in our Insider Connections virtual service program. And having been matched with the Babushka in Odessa, shout out to Raisa, I love you, I can attest from the flip side of that uh, guarantor relationship that after our conversations, I also feel cared for, understood, and not alone. I spoke with an entwined alum, Alan Merevich, who was also matched with an Odesson senior, about his growing up near his delushka Alexander, his grandfather, in Brooklyn, who just recently passed, and how he inspired him to dedicate time weekly through the service project.
3: I recall when I was waking up at my my grandmother's and grandfather's house because my parents would always be working a lot so I would stay at their house and I remember waking up early in the morning where my grandmother was cooking something I would wake up like on the couch in the living room I just remember smelling like eggs and it was very like a felt like a dream in a way but I remember my grandmother just telling me, oh, yeah, what would you like to eat? You know, would you want this or that? I would think it's like a five-star restaurant. And then I would wake up and I'd have this amazing food that she cooked with my brother and sister, Alexander Stromberg, which is my grandfather from my mom's side. And um, yeah, he was born in Odessa himself. He was a woodworker. And he was a person who was really good with his hands. I mean, I asked him a lot of stories of when he was growing up and he would tell me Different things like um, back in the USSR, um, his older siblings would would uh, ended up like buying a plot of land, uh, which was pretty rare at that time. And then they they wanted to build their own house, but it took so long. And the fact that he would see like the, this house uh, building up from the start, that's why I think he had these skills, the skill set. And then when he went to the army, um, he also was doing woodworking in that area. I think his interest was he spent so much time using his hands and that's what he was good at. So in terms of like building houses or um, doing like workshops, he he did everything in terms of in in house, like with electricity, with bathrooms, um, shelves, he can make anything and, and, and rebuild it. As a kid, did you do any woodworking with him? sure yeah so when i was a kid i used to do some woodworking with him just like carving a few little um, like sculptures or statues and then uh, together we ended up making some other projects like he he needed help um, with the back with his backyard and it was uh, it was a matter of pretty much using like this kind of uh, machinery to to destroy the concrete and then he wanted to rebuild it to make it even um so we we took upon this project i remember it was a lot of heavy lifting and it was a lot of fun he even ended up uh, uh like paying me i think i was a college student back then but he was like oh i'm going to pay you for your hard work even though i said i'm just helping you out it's no big deal but he insisted and
0: uh yeah. why do you think he insisted
3: well he insisted because he know he knows we're family and uh, you know i guess he always wanted to give to me and it was Difficult for me to give to him because he's my grandfather, you know, it's hard to find opportunities like that. So I found this giving time uh, was an opportunity as I think we get older, you know, we have more responsibilities and there's, you know, you have many different friends and time is probably the most valuable asset. So I think with, with the grand, with my grandparents, I tried to, you know, reach out to them and spend time with them. It's really something when you, you know, give them a call or you remind them that they, they matter. So you give them, you know, you show them that you care. So just that one little thing can really help. Um, so that, that's what I think is important in my values. So I, I've been having conversations with my babushka that I got assigned with in Ukraine. And so far, you know, it was pretty amazing. The, the first time I called her, it happened to be her birthday. So it was a surprise on my part as well that I got to congratulate her. And yeah, we we ended up discussing uh, different things, you know, in terms of, um, you know, her family and how her her, um, children moved to Israel. And she said she was proud of them. And she was also interested in in me because apparently uh, she had a relative with my same last name. So we were trying to figure out if, you know, somehow we're related, which probably we are. You know, it's a small world out there.
0: With the backdrop of each of their unique Russian-speaking Jewish identities, Lee, Ina, Alan, also Lee's mother, Marta Chkalitas, as well as Ilya Salita, a Genesis Philanthropy group, and also Alan's grandfather, Alexander, their brands of mutual responsibility drove them to feel responsible for and uplift their community members, even if they are across the globe, like in Alan's case. Once we get acquainted with that voice, That light in us that, as Lee said, is in each of us, it's also up to each of us to heed its call in our own ways. If you're interested in joining me and Alan on the Babushka Hotline, what we lovingly call Insider Connections Matches with JDC Elderly Clients in the FSU, or if you would like to help a teen JDC client practice English or a variety of other matches we are connecting every week, we invite you to join Entwine's Insider Connections virtual service opportunity. For just an hour or two a week, you can engage in meaningful service from your home and build a new relationship with a JDC client living on the other side of the globe. Learn more at jdcintwine.org volunteer insider connections. On the next Not Your Babushka's Russian-Speaking Jew, We'll continue to coast on this Arivut wave, exploring more stories of Russian-speaking Jews from around the world, finding a sense of community with others invested in mutual responsibility. Not Your Babushka's Russian-speaking Jew has been made possible with the generous support of Genesis Philanthropy Group. Learn more about our work at jdcentwine.org slash babushka